Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride interview series. My name is Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and we're once again, I think you're a repeat performer here on the AP interview series, joined by NFL analyst extraordinaire, uh, former ESPN, NFL great, uh, Trey, Trey Wingo. Um, you're doing right now, I want to make sure I, I cover what, what you're up to now. You're still going strong with the, the Half Forgotten podcast. Is there anything else that I'm missing before we get into the Chiefs? Yeah, Half Forgotten History podcast. Uh, you can find it wherever you get your podcast or my YouTube page, Trey Wingo Presents. Uh, I do some stuff for the PGA Tour. Uh, I write for Facebook. I work for Pro Football Network. And I'm now officially, it's the stupidest title of all time, and it's great, the Chief Trends Officer and Brand Ambassador for Caesar Sports. So, Oh, my goodness. I missed yeah. about five jobs. I, I, That's I, okay. I feel terrible okay. about it. <laughs> nah, nah, we'll, we'll, we'll let it slide. It's all good. Partner. All right, here we go. You're a busy man. All right, here we go. Uh, th- this is the AFC title game. This is what we're, yeah. we're so excited about. And before we dive into Chiefs and Bengals, We've been ex- exchanging messages, and I know that you feel a certain way right now about the Kansas City Chiefs that I want you to get out to Chiefs fans because I get to read it, and I, I completely agree with you, of course. But what is going on with maybe the media and maybe some NFL fans when it comes to a little bit of this Chiefs doubting and, and maybe the disrespect? I, I, there's something about the Chiefs that makes a lot of people stupid. Like, I, that's the only way to describe it. Like, I don't get it. Uh Maybe it's a little bit of, uh, you know, bored with greatness. Like, you know, people got sick of Brady for a while and the Patriots and Belichick winning all the time. But like the, the best way to put it up, to sum it up here, is if, if at some point there is someone out there who really is trying to sell me that Patrick Mahomes isn't that dude and the Chiefs aren't a potentially Mount Rushmore type franchise in NFL lore if they go to another Super Bowl and win it. I can't help you, okay? I can't help you. Like, that that game Sunday was amazing, right? It was fantastic. Josh yeah. Allen played his butt off. He was phenomenal. By the way, uh, Exhibit A, Your Honor, why wins and losses are not a quarterback stat, that game. Like, what <laughs> else course. could Josh have done? But literally, his resume has an L on it because of a special teams blunder. But I, but I digress. But Josh played against, I think that everyone at Arrowhead Pride here would, at, would agree – an average to potentially slightly above average defense without one of their best playmakers, Tyron Matthew. Well, Mahomes dissected a Buffalo defense that had the number one overall defense, the number one scoring defense, the number one passing defense, and the number one third down defense. And he basically said, hold my beer. I'll do whatever I want. (laughs) You know, that, that touchdown to Byron Pringle should hang in the Louvre. Okay. Nothing went right on that play. Nothing went right on that play. He rolls out to his right, two free defenders coming at him. He has to spin 180 degrees, reset his feet with two guys coming at him and throw what amounted to a perfect pass to where only Byron Pringle could catch it. And he was well defended. Like, that's the play. Like, that's it. The Bills did everything right, and it still didn't matter. So you can say whatever you want about how you feel, but your feelings don't matter. The statistics matter. The data matters. The tape matters. And if you can't acknowledge that, that's a you problem. It's not a me problem. I think there were three throws and three moments from Mahomes in this game that I don't care how well Josh Allen was playing. I don't think anyone else in the league, Allen included, could have done. You mentioned the one to Pringle. The other one that I saw was the sidearm. No one in the league can bend the football around like Mahomes does. And then I felt like I, 
maybe they will be at a certain point in, in their career, but I don't think Allen and Knox, for example, could do what Mahomes and Kelsey did to end the game yeah. where there was that ad lib trust. And those three moments yeah. stuck out to me. Have you ever seen anything like that? Well, all the great teams and the great combinations have that mojo, right? Like mm -hmm. you can have good players, but if you, if you have good players that click on a certain level, it becomes almost unstoppable. And right. by the way, I love when players are mic'd up like that. Like I could listen to an <laughs> entire game without announcers, no. just mic up players. And to hear Travis say on both of those plays after the kick, yo, if they, if they man you up, get behind me, I'll clear it out for you to get 19. And then on the very next play, you see him say uh, to, to Patrick, if this, if this is their look, the seam is open. And right. then on that play, you hear, because he's mic'd up, you hear Mahomes say, do it, Kelsey, do it. And then just that <laughs> subtle dodge to the left, Mahomes looks subtly to the right, shades the safety over, boom, 24 yards, and it's an easy 48-yard field goal. And not easy, but I mean, it's well within Butker's range. And I, I, he wasn't going to miss another one in that game. He, he had a bad game. Like, that's the only reason right. this game was close, was Butker, who I thought might have been the best kicker of the entire weekend going, had a bad game. Because if he doesn't miss the kick for the half and the extra point, even with the two point conversion on the 13 second touchdown, they're still down a point, 37 36. So um, the only thing that's going to stop the Chiefs is the Chiefs, in my yeah. opinion. Well, Eric Bieniemy had a quote this year that the Kansas City Chiefs needed to stop kicking the Kansas City Chiefs' ass, and I think it's yeah. still relevant to this day. Yeah, One thing absolutely. about that play I wanted to mention, and you mentioned Mahomes looking off the defender and Kelsey kind of looking off his uh, guy that was closest to him. They kind of did it at the same time, which really opened yeah. up that small window, and I, I just, I'm just so fascinated by it. Uh, I do want to get to the AFC title. But one more question about this game. Where does this game, in your history of watching the NFL and, and covering the NFL rich history where does this game rank in, in just if you, you can put the game in a vacuum you know I, I not it doesn't have yeah. to be a Super Bowl but where does this game rank for you oh it's going to go down as one of the greatest playoff games of all time like yeah. every generation is going to have their moment right like it, for old 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 football fans the greatest game ever played was the 58 title game between the Colts and the Giants first mm -hmm. overtime game in NFL history Alan Amici scores the game winner the ice bowl of the sixties, you know, yep. the seventies, you had the immaculate reception. You had the sea of hands catch for Clarence Davis ending the dolphins run as a two time Super Bowl champs. You know, you had a bunch of games like that in the eighties and nineties as well. The Cowboys 49ers uh, NFC championship game where they met three years in a row. There's a whole generation of fans. are going to look at that game and say, that was the game of my lifetime. And I can't argue with you. Like it doesn't need to be a Super Bowl for it to be a, you know, a, a pressure packed game, any game in the playoffs, you lose, you're done. And 13 seconds is incomprehensible. And again, why wins and losses are not a quarterback stat. It was a special teams blunder. And then the reports out of Buffalo now are saying they were told to squib it and bass it. I, I can't verify that. I have no idea, but the one option they chose was the only one that could come back to haunt them. Like, let's say they, they, they squibbed it. Right. Okay. Um, you can still sort of you can still, you can basically fair catch a kick, you know, and no time comes off the clock. So if you don't squib right. it far enough, they're too close. Or you could pooch it uh, and you could fair catch it, and no time comes off the clock, but you're starting at the ten instead of the twenty-five, and suddenly you need fifteen to seventeen more yards. They did the one thing that potentially could bite <laughs> them in the butt, and it bit them in the butt. 
I know. I, I can't believe it. I, I go back to that moment. I'm just I'm just shocked that they didn't go in another direction and, and it left yeah. the door open for Patrick Mahomes and, and he did what he did. And I thought it was funny for Dave Topes. We just got out of the Chiefs press conference. If you want to hear it, you can on from the podium here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. But he he had basically said, well, if they squib and something like that happens, maybe they're saying, why didn't they kick it deep? It's like football is such a results business and, and, it, and it plays into, you know, another terrible outcome for the Buffalo Bills. All right. So the Chiefs get by. It is now the Chiefs and the Bengals. When I say that to you, a wide net here, what comes to mind? Well, first of all, the future is very bright for Cincinnati. I mean, you could make yeah. a very compelling argument, even more so than Kansas City, that they have the best collection of young talent, even though Patrick Mahomes is 26. We're, we're doing this outlier where it's 25 or younger. <laughs> yeah. You know, Burrow is 25. Uh, Joe Mixon is 25. Jamar Chase is 21. That's a hard combination to beat. So they're going to be around for a long, long time. And this is their yeah. coming out party. Uh, just for historical relevance to, to understand what's happening with, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, with Zach Taylor and Jamar Chase and, and mm. Joe Burrow. They're the first team in NFL history to end a 30-year playoff win drought with multiple wins in the same postseason. So no one's ever gone that long without a playoff win and managed to win two or more games uh, in one postseason after that drought. So kudos to them. Bright things are ahead. You, know, you go back and look at that 34-31 loss that you and yeah. I actually talked about quite a bit. Right. So many things went wrong for Kansas City in that game. You know, they were up 14 to nothing, 21 to 7, 28 to 17. A holding penalty negated what would have been a kick return for a score that would have made it 35 to 17 at right. the half. That probably would have ended the game. Right after that, Mahomes hit Tyree Kill inside the 10 with a <laughs> pass right in his hands, and he dropped it. That would have guaranteed at least three points, I have to believe. And that might have been enough uh, to seal the game. They had 10 penalties. They gave up 266 yards to DeMar Chase. They allowed a third and 27 conversion. And they had one of the weirdest exchanges at the goal line. It felt like that goal line game-winning sequence went on for three days uh, in that game in Cincinnati. And that game was in Cincinnati. We right. all know Arrowhead is a different beast. And I, you know, I sort of joke about this. To my knowledge, the only player that can beat the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead is D Ford. <laughs> because he doesn't line up in the neutral zone, negating yeah. a game-clinching interception with what, like 120 left, I think it was, in the 2018 AFC Championship game. We're talking about the Chiefs potentially going to a fourth straight Super Bowl, which no team has ever done except for the Buffalo Bills. So I think the future is really good in Cincinnati. I don't think it's bright on Sunday. Until someone walks in there and takes that dude down with that team at Arrowhead, you know, I spent six years in St. Louis and Kansas City is in Missouri, which is the show me state, the part where That's the right. Chiefs play. Show me. Show me you can do that and then I'll believe it. But until such time, I ain't buying it. I like the Bengals, too. And Steve Spagnuolo has gone on record a few times now comparing him to like a young Tom Brady. And you can yep, see that so. there's there's a lot of that poise. But that that team, it, it like I said, it, it, it feels a, a little bit like a year early. And now you're playing Patrick Mahomes. And, and you mentioned about. Uh, losing a playoff game at, at Arrowhead Stadium, it took two incredible things happening for Patrick Mahomes to lose a playoff game, period, in the sense of, okay, you had Mahomes and you, you mentioned D Ford and you lose that toss. They were on the other side of it, so he never touched the ball in overtime. Yeah. And then you get to the Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl and you're down to your your backup, backup, backup offensive line. And in that game, yeah. you know, what, what, what's quietly underrated about that game, and I, I'd love your take on it, I thought Patrick Mahomes 
played his heart out and he was really it feel it felt like he was the only player there for the Kansas City Chiefs of the 11. Go back and watch the uh, inside the NFL show after the Super Bowl. My favorite part about that Super Bowl was all the Bucks wide receivers that were mic'd up on the sidelines and they were watching Mahomes run for his life and make these throws that quite frankly Half of them should have been caught. I mean, they were they were contested throws. Don't get me wrong, contested potential catches. But right. you know, the Chiefs dropped a lot of them. And the reaction by the Bucks receivers, like, how did he do that? How did he get away? Like, this is why the quarterback wins and losses thing is so dumb. It's so stupid. Um, you know, the Bucks players will tell you the best player on the field that day was probably Patrick Mahomes. He just had nothing to work with in terms of time and and all that kind of stuff to, to deal with. And it's kind of funny that that came home to roost against the Bucs this year because their beat-up offensive line couldn't handle the Rams' front seven. You know, yep. the front seven matters a lot. And that's going to be something to watch also in this AFC championship game. The, the Chiefs got to him, I think, four times uh, in Cincinnati. The Bengals were uh, gave up an NFL tying nine postseason sacks in that one with the Titans. And – Look, look, the Beng- again, I it's nothing against the Bengals. They're going to be a really good franchise. And by the way, Joe Burrow is one of the reasons why I can't sign up for the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Brady Manning thing, because right. we've got Joey B. We've got Justin Herbert in the division. I mean, the AFC yeah. young quarterback posse is unbelievable. And those two, Josh and Patrick, may be the best, but there's going to be some other people that are going to say, I'm in the chat. And, and Joe Burrow is one of them. But I, I just – they let the Raiders hang around far too long in that game in Cincinnati. They scored 19 points against Tennessee to win. That ain't going to cut it. You have to go into this game at Arrowhead thinking we need 35. Yep. They're going to have – if, if I, I really believe – let's – 31, okay? 31. You have to believe that if you don't score 31 points, then you're not winning. Um, and the loss of Tyron Matthew was so big in that game. I agree. All yeah. those, all those mistakes on the back end, and Fenton wasn't there too. So now you're talking about one of your top four players on your roster, and either your first or second best defensive player is out. And then you have all those communication issues. I mean, Gabriel Davis had what 35 catches in the regular season. <laughs> yeah, he was it was, it their was not fourth a lot. best receiver, yeah. and he did things that Jerry Rice and Randy Moss have never done: four touchdown catches. In, in a postseason game, I, I think Tyron is is tracking to play. I noticed on your Twitter today that uh, yeah. he was out there working. I which spotted him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be. He looks like he's going to be good to go. I, I talked to Tyron. He feels pretty good about it. Good. Uh, uh, he, we DM'd about it earlier this week. He thinks he'll be ready to roll. So it would take a, a, a major surprise for that to not be the case. They're not giving up 260 yards again to Jamar Chase. I mean, they're not going to single him. Like Steve Spagnuolo admitted, we had a bad game plan. It did not work. So they're going to make sure that that if they're going to lose, it's not going to be because Jamar Chase has 266 yards. I can promise you that, you know, maybe T Higgins, and Tyler Boyd have bigger games, but it's not going to be Jamar Chase ruining them again. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be like that either. I think it's going to be need, needed to, to be spread around. And I, I just want to make a quick point about the division and the quarterbacks that you were saying, and, and you have Herbert, 
But Nathaniel Hackett just goes to the Broncos. That yeah. shows if they go get Rodgers, what if the Raiders end up with a Wilson or Watson? And this is one of the wildest divisions we have we have ever seen. And I, we could talk about that in an, in an offseason podcast. You had, yeah. had mentioned it, and I think this is the key to the game. And I just want to come back to it, and I want to just see if you, you agree. You mentioned the nine sacks of, of Burrow. Again, the four that Kansas City had. That, to me, at Arrowhead Stadium, feels like the key part of the game. I just don't know if Burrow is going to be able to repeat what he did getting sacked that much, especially when you have Chris Jones and Frank Clark. And I think it's under-talked about, and I wanted to ask Jones about this, and I wasn't able to before, but Melvin Ingram, he's only been to two divisional rounds. This is his first AFC title game. He's been waiting for this moment for his yeah. entire life. I think Melvin Ingram is going to have some kind of game. You, you can see that there's sometimes added motivation uh, when it comes to these yeah. type of things. Jimmy Johnson, when he was a coach of the Cowboys, when they were going for their second straight Super Bowl, and a lot of them like had been there before. You know, They beat the Bills 52-17 to in Super Bowl 27. In the week of the game, he said, guys, there's a lot of people in here that have won a Super Bowl, but there's also a lot of guys that are here for the first time. And it's up to you guys who have already been there before to make sure those guys who don't have a ring get a ring. And I think that's very similar to what you're talking about with a motivated guy uh, like Melvin Ingram and just the ultimate competitor that you have uh, in Patrick Mahomes. Look, at the end of the day, Joey Burrow is as tough as they come. Like, you don't you don't survive nine sacks and three from Jeffrey Simmons, who was a monster. You get a little beat up in that situation. And Joe said some things this this week that I thought were very interesting. Uh, you know, he said, yeah, most SEC stadiums are louder uh, than NFL stadiums. And he's right. Right. But he ain't been to Arrowhead. <laughs> go, go look at the Cowboys, right? The Cowboys game when they were there. Uh, and a lot of those guys had never played at Arrowhead before. Right. I can remember one turnover and about three false starts and a hold on crowd noise alone. Like Terrence Steele, who was a really good backup right tackle. They had him at left tackle. Bad idea. Bad <laughs> idea. Bad idea. They changed and, it for that week. And that ended yeah, up being a they key did. Part. They did. And uh, I just you you can say all those things, but if the if the Bengals gave up nine and crowd noise was an issue in Tennessee, well, welcome to a whole new Thunderdome because Arrowhead is different. Like Mark Schlereth tells this great story. Uh, you know, a good friend of mine that I do a lot of work with and, and, yeah. and we, we still can't keep in touch. He remembers his first playoff game at Arrowhead against uh, the Broncos, uh, against the Chiefs. And this is when the Chiefs couldn't win a home playoff game. They went two decades without winning a home playoff game, and now they can't lose them. Uh, he remembers John Elway was calling the signals. You know, he went and Mark was left guard, so he leans over here, and then he goes over to the right, and Mark couldn't hear what Elway was saying to the right. So he quickly turned his head like this to hear it, and before he knew it, he was on the ground because <laughs> he couldn't <laughs> hear the snap count, didn't know it count. I think it was Dan Wilson that just – steamrolled him and he began he I threw up the old dying cockroach block you know just trying to get an arm or a leg in the way so LA wouldn't get destroyed he said yeah. you, you don't know it until you experience it and the thing in Arrowhead is is something that if you haven't been there be prepared because it's not like anything you've ever been through before and ex experience in playoffs is a thing and I think that's what's dangerous about Mahomes too is he's so young yet now he has all this experience in in the postseason and that's going to stick with them so uh, yeah. I don't think the Listen, Chiefs are – I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah I, just, yeah, I just want to say along those lines, he didn't throw a pass in that game of more than 20 yards downfield uh, against Buffalo. Like mm -hmm. everything was underneath. So like your tweet, again, 
about the cover two shell, the two deep safety shell, which everybody loved. Uh, that's the way to beat Mahomes. No, that right. expired. That expired on <laughs> Sunday night, like like yep. milk. It's done because he is. He was a great thrower, and he was a great arm talent. Now he's a great quarterback. Those are two different things. Like he has learned through this season, you know, through the hot takers of the three and four Chiefs are done. Oh, right. please, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, he he's learned how to be a better quarterback, and that should be terrifying to every defensive coordinator in the NFL. Got to get you out on this. I know we're up against it. Do you have a score prediction for this game? I, I've seen seven points out there for the Chiefs. I've seen seven and a half. What do you What do you think the final score is? Listen, I'm going to be – I've been all in since day one. Even when they were three and four, Amina Kimes and I would chat, and we'd like, just stop turning the ball over. You'll be fine. Yeah. So I'm going to go – I'll say 35-24. Okay, so a cover. A cover I for think, Kansas I, th- I think – listen, like – it's a real thing. Like Joe has said all along, well, yeah, we're, we're, we don't know what we're supposed to do. We're an underdog. We, no, that shit stops when you're playing for the Lombardi trophy. Like you don't, you don't, you don't walk in there. I'm not saying he's going to be affected by it because he is Joe right. cool, but that, that card no longer exists when you realize you're playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. He's the great Trey Wingo. Trey, do you have anything coming up that you want to let the Chiefs fans know about that, that maybe they can check out? Uh, well, uh, we just dropped a Half Forgotten History podcast today with Amy Trask, so probably not a great thing for Chiefs fans <laughs> all the years with the Raiders. But yeah. she is fascinating, and you know, there's a like there's a whole generation of fans that only knew Al Davis from his last years, which were wild and weird and sort of yes. unpredictable and dark. But Al, you know, hired the first African American head coach, right? Hired uh, the first Latino head coach in Tom Flores hired Amy Trask. I mean, Al was a trailblazer. Like all the things that everybody talks about now, Al talked about in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And it's really a fascinating discussion with her about her life. And I think it sheds a real interesting light on Al. So you can check that out uh, wherever you get your podcasts or at my YouTube page, Trey Wingo Presents. Yeah, I I enjoy Amy's Twitter shtick as well. Just making sure she always says hello to everyone. That's always a, a nice thing to see. All right, we, we know how Trey feels. If you want to check him out on, on Twitter, it's Wingo Z. That is yeah. your handle, so make sure you follow him. Uh, you got quite a bit of followers, so good for you, Trey, on that. And uh, be sure to check out the Half Forgotten History podcast. Trey, thank you for joining us on the Arrowhead Pride interview series. You got it, Pete. Have a good weekend.